Well, church family, it has been a long time since I have used a song sheet. I am so spoiled by seeing uh, words on the screen. So exciting to be here today and to see you. I don't have to, usually I just see a picture of you when I talk, and that's been going on for 16 weeks. And so here we are, and I get to see you, and uh, it's really encouraging to be together as a church family. Um, a couple things I want to draw to your attention. I hope you've noticed. Some of you haven't. Um, our website has been updated, and it's kind of significant. And then uh, our app has been very significantly improved, and it's getting more and more features, and, and it's more user-friendly. So I hope you're aware of that. And uh, Adam Condon is the one who has uh, invested uh, quite a few hours uh, to, to help uh, bring us up to speed on on uh, both of these things. I want to thank you too as a Bridge family uh, for your generosity and how you've continued to support the Bridge financially. It's been really pretty amazing. We're not taking an offering today and um, you have just been so faithful to give uh, online. Uh, by the way, the most efficient way to give is through bill pay from your bank and then sending your checks to, to the office. And all of our bills are paid. The Grow Forward campaign uh, continues to, to build. You've been really faithful with that. So thank you so, so very much. So today we're going to talk about how does God want us to navigate these COVID days, all right? And, this, and we're going to share in a time of communion. And uh, hopefully you picked up um, a sealed communion this morning with the bread and the cup. And... Uh, just, you know, everybody wait, and we'll do that all together at the same time and I'll give you a chance if you've never used this before. Uh, but it's a sealed communion, so it's not been touched um, by hands, and the people who packaged it had plastic gloves on as well. Um, the passage today is Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. It's a great passage. It's going to lead us right into communion. How does God want us to navigate these COVID days? And uh, I'm going to start with a story. Uh, some of you have heard a version of this, perhaps. You can tell me later if you've heard one before. It's about um, Rolls-Royce. The Rolls-Royce is a legendary car. And, you know, you can purchase a new Rolls-Royce today. You can get the low-priced Rolls-Royce goes for just 312000 And if you want their um, larger model, the Rolls-Royce Phantom, you can get, it, those are base prices, 455000 for base price of, of the Rolls. There are many legendary stories about Rolls-Royce cars. One st such story comes out of the 1950s. A man from the United Kingdom uh, planned a vacation in the United States for several months to stay at a resort. So he just decided to have his rolls shipped to the resort so, so he could drive it during his vacation. Um, during his vacation time, as he was driving his Rolls Royce, it had a mechanical breakdown. So right away, he got on the phone and he called back in England and called the dealership, told them what had happened. They said, not to worry. Uh, 
we'll have a repairman there in 48 hours. And so sure enough, a repairman arrived and he had all of the tool, all the tools and parts that he needed and he repaired the car and he left and returned to England immediately. So after the man returned back home to England several months later and he took his car back with him, he noticed over time that uh, he had not received a bill for this repair. So right away, he contacted uh, the company and he said, you know, how much do I owe? Well, Rolls-Royce responded with a letter in just a few weeks. And, you know, communication was a little bit slower back then. And here's what it said. He said, in the files at Rolls-Royce headquarters, there is no such account saying that anything has ever been wrong with a Rolls-Royce anywhere. Nothing was owed to Rolls-Royce. In fact, Rolls-Royce paid the bill. They paid the debt. If you are a Christ follower, when God looks at your account, your debt has been paid for in full already. Jesus paid it all. That's what Romans chapter 5 is about. And uh, we're going to look at that. And I, let me just uh, read the first couple of verses of Romans chapter 5, verses 1 and 2. The Apostle Paul writes, he says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we've gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. So that's verses uh, 1 and 2. And um, the first point, there's going to be two points. Uh, the first point is be confident in God's unshakable foundation. And I know some of you, you know, we don't have the PowerPoint on the screen, and um, some of you don't care, but that's our first point. Be confident in God's unshakable foundation because that the price has been paid for is an unshakable foundation. And that's what we see here in uh, Romans chapter 5. We have been justified through faith. It begins with our faith in Christ. Uh, if you look at verse 1, it says, Therefore, uh, any good Bible student knows that when you see a therefore, you must ask the question, what's the therefore, therefore? How many times have you asked that? That's a good question. What's the therefore, therefore? Well, it's about the previous context. It's about the argument that Paul has had from Romans chapter 3, verse 21 to Romans chapter 4, verse 25. And it's about this very important concept it's about the doctrine of justification. That's what Paul means here. He said, we have been justified through faith. Um, simply stated, um, if you think about what Paul said in this chapter 3 and chapter 4 leading up, first of all, all of us are sinners, and uh, Jesus came to this earth uh, to live and to die for us in our behalf and to pay our sin penalty. 
And Paul outlines in Romans chapter 3 that we are the ones who deserve the death, for the wages of sin is death. Uh, but the free gift of God is eternal life through our uh, Lord Jesus Christ. That's actually Romans chapter 6. But Jesus took our death himself. He took our place as our substitute. And God's wrath, God's justice was satisfied um, because of the death of Jesus, the payment for our sins, the ransom. So when we respond to God in faith, we are declared righteous by God in the court of heaven. That's the doctrine of justification. We are declared righteous. Our account has been paid in full. And we owe nothing for our sin penalty. And when God sees us, he doesn't see our sin penalty. He sees Jesus' payment for our sin. He sees the righteousness of Jesus Christ. So our accounts have been paid in full. Nothing is owed. Jesus paid it all. And now I live my life in grateful response to what Jesus has done for me. Also, uh, this unshakable foundation of this being justified by faith, this unshakable foundation, uh, it brings peace with God. Uh, we have been justified through faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, we are no longer enemies of God. We are no longer uh, ha have enmity between us and God uh, because sin disrupts uh, how we relate to God, and when we place our faith in Christ, we now have a new relationship. We now have peace with God. We now have harmony with God. And that's our standing. And it's eternal. And it doesn't depend on how we feel about it. It even doesn't depend how much you know about it. It's true if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ. Um, also, this unshakable foundation of verse 2 gives us direct access to God in prayer. Um, so we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom, through Jesus, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So now, the change call it our conversion, includes having uh, access to God. It's impossible to have access without Christ. Jesus is our way to God. Jesus is way maker. That's why we come to God in prayer, because of what Jesus accomplished. There is no guarantee that God ever hears a prayer uh, without Christ, without this connection with Christ. So we have access to God. And now we can come boldly before the throne of grace in our time of need. And Jesus is the one who has made this access to God. So this unshakable foundation also provides a continuous standing in God's grace. Verse 2, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. So we stand in a position of grace. Now, we often, this is an easy one when you think about, oh yeah, I was saved by grace, Ephesians 
2, 8, and 9, for by grace are we saved through faith. And it's not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. Not of works, lest anyone should boast, right? We're saved by grace. Well, the Christian life is about grace also. Sometimes we forget that. That we have, we're in this position of grace. We have resources from God. We have strength from God. And it's for every day. And it's for living the Christian life. It's about relying on Him and His strength. It's not, and here's where we get into trouble, is we try to do the good things and be a good person in our own strength. And we do it without Christ. And all we get is frustrated. Um, so this whole idea of God uh, being standing in God's grace means that we have, we have God on our team. We have His power, His strength, His resources right now, for today. And then in verse 2, it imparts joy with the eternal hope. And Paul says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Uh, we boast is also translated in other versions as uh, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The Apostle Paul finds joy in this whole idea of what God has done for him. And he rejoices in this, this hope is the hope of Jesus returning with his powerful angels in glory. And there's going to be a stupendous light show when Jesus returns. And there's this having this eternal perspective and seeing beyond the here and the now and the problems of this day. Setting our eyes on the unseen reality gives us an eternal perspective because this is not all there is. And uh, we're not in heaven yet. And so, you know what, we can, we can just stop complaining right now because we don't, don't expect this to be heaven now. We, we don't have promises that we're going to be happy all the time now. But we do in eternity. And every need you have will be totally fulfilled. We're not there yet. And so setting our eyes on this future, this unseen reality, will change the way we view our problems. So we should be confident in God's unshakable foundation, what Jesus has done for us. And then in verses 3 through 5, we need to embrace God's growth process. This is how we're going to navigate through these COVID days. Embrace God's process for growth. So what is this process? There are a lot of ingredients for growth. Kevin referred to some of those. Um, we need prayer. We need to communicate with God. We need to have access. We need to, he, he tells us to pray. He instructs us to pray. And that's where we're going to get our strength. That's where we're going to find the answers specifically. Uh, we need God's word. We need to be connected with God's word and to hear what he has to say and to be fed spiritually. And we need a community. We need relationships. We need biblical community to, be, to help and encourage and love one another. That's all part of what helps us to grow and, and keeps us going. But right now, I just want to focus on what verses 3 through 5 have to say. And here we go, starting in verses 3 and 4. God uses difficulties to shape our life. Whether we enjoy hearing that or not, God will be using difficulties to shape our lives. Look at verse 3 and 4. 
Paul writes, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. Paul says glory in our sufferings. The idea is to rejoice in our sufferings. When we're going through difficulties, sometimes painful things, and he says rejoice. Why? Know that your sufferings can produce perseverance. Notice I said can. God has a plan, and, and we need to see the big picture. It's, it's going to be really important. God is going to use COVID-19 to shape us. He's in the process right now. He's totally upset our schedules. Our life is just unusual right now. And sometimes we're out of balance. God is going to use that to shape who we are. Um, God uses stress to mold us. God uses uh, physical uh, poor physical health to produce good spiritual health. He can do that. God uses difficult people to make us more like Jesus. God uses financial difficulties to grow our faith. God uses failure to produce resilience. See, it, it's going to be a lot about your perspective and your attitude about now. Uh, one writer says, to be long-suffering, one has to be long-bothered. Difficulty. God uses our sufferings to make us spiritually stronger. He uses suffering to develop perseverance, to keep, uh, to, to keep us going when life is hard, to keep us moving ahead. And this assumes one big thing, and it assumes that we choose to walk with Jesus through these difficulties. Because if we try to go through these difficulties in our own strength, we get really frustrated. In fact, we're going to spiritually, we'll fail. Spiritually, we won't accomplish growth at all. Because Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. So know that our perseverance can produce Christ-like character. Uh, suffering can produce perseverance. Perseverance can produce Christ-like character. It assumes uh, that we choose to walk with Jesus. If we don't, uh, we don't grow. We get crusty. We get jaded. Our hearts become hardened. Our hearts become callous. Also know that character development produces hope. As God shapes us, our whole attitude of hope begins to change. As we grow as Christ followers, God molds our character like a potter shaping a clay pot. As God shapes us to be more like Jesus, uh, we grow hopeful and become hope-filled. Uh, Emil Brunner said, What oxygen is to the lungs, such is hope to the meaning of life. Um, Andy Crouch of the Gospel Coalition writes, human beings can live uh, 40 days without food, four days without uh, water, four minutes without air, but we can't live four seconds without hope. Hope is so crucial to how we face difficult 
times. So God wants to develop our character and to give us hope for the future. Um, verse 5, and we're coming to the end of our section. God uses this, this growth process to deepen and confirm our experience of his love. One more time. God uses this growth process to, to confirm and deepen our experience of his love. Some of you, because of difficulty, have already experienced this deeply. And perhaps some of you really haven't. Uh, Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. And Paul writes, And hope does not put us to shame. Hope will not let us down when we have hope in Christ and what God intends to do. Hope in God will never disappoint. Hope in God will never embarrass or bring us shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. God loves us. We know He loved us enough to send His Son, Jesus. God loves us, but we don't always perceive that accurately. Uh, God loves us, and He's given us the Holy Spirit to live in us. And God wants us to walk closely with Him, no matter how hard life may be. Um, and we will be able to experience His love intimately because His love is poured out in our lives through uh, the Holy Spirit. I like the quote of David Osborne. This is the very last thing. Too often, we try to use God to change our circumstances, while God is using our circumstances to change us. If that's the only thing you remember, you got it. You got it. So God has given us an unshakable foundation, and he wants us to embrace his growth process. Now, we're going to close this morning with a time of communion. Um, and, and we have this unshakable foundation because of Jesus. Uh, Romans 5.8 reminds us, but God demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners. Christ died for us. Jesus died in our place. He became our substitute. He didn't deserve death, and we don't deserve his life. And today we're going to celebrate communion to, to remember the life of Jesus, the, the death of Jesus in our behalf. Jesus established uh, this practice with his disciples, and the Apostle Paul um, instituted this practice for the church, and that's why we're still doing it 2,000 years later. So today, uh, as the church gathered, um, we're going to celebrate communion. Now, you have a sealed uh, cup of uh, communion. And uh, if you've used these before, there's uh, two tabs. And you need to separate the one tab from the other. The top one is just a little clear cellophane. So let's um, just... Take out the top, open the top 
So this, uh, this is a, a representative of bread. There's a lot of ways you can do bread. It doesn't really matter whether we have uh, the perfect uh, form of bread or not. It doesn't matter if we have the perfect form of a cup or not, whether it's wine or juice. It doesn't matter because what, what, what matters is why we're here, and that's to remember uh, the death of Jesus Christ. Now, Scripture tells us that we should examine our lives. There's an assumption when we come to this time and this day that we've checked our hearts, we've talked to God about this, and just made sure that we're okay with God. That if we have sinned, we, we just need to confess that with God and to be honest before Him because we have a great promise that we can be cleansed and purified if we confess our sins. And... Um, the bread is, is a symbol. It's a reminder. When we, when we take this, we are to think about the cost of our salvation, what Jesus did for us. He died. And this bread represents his death. Let me thank God for the bread. Father, we are here today as your church. We are gathered. We are the body of Christ. And we hold this bread and we think about what Jesus did for us. And we recognize this bread is a symbol of Jesus' body that he gave for us personally. Thank you for the bread. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for our salvation. Amen. So let's take the bread together and let's now uh, share this. So let's take the uh, cup and you can go ahead and open it and let me thank God for this cup that reminds us of the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we don't want to take this for granted. We don't want to just go through the motions. We want to reflect. You have made this important. And we want to honor you so grateful for the sacrifice that's been made in our behalf. We thank you for the church. Most of all, we thank you for Jesus who died for the church. Thank you for this cup that represents his blood. Amen. Let's share this together. Scripture tells us as often as we eat this bread and drink this cup that we proclaim his death until he comes. And uh, this is a witness to our commitment to Christ. This is a witness to the future. Jesus is coming again, and we're focused on that. good day. Thanks everybody for joining us today. Thank you worship team. Thank you for all that it took to set this up. Um, I just want to close our time in prayer. And by the way, we have this reserved for August 9th, same place.
So we're also going to celebrate, we're planning to celebrate communion on that day as well. So that's August 9th. We're going to be online next week, the way we have been operating recently. Let me pray. Gracious God, uh, we just uh, thank you for the privilege to gather freely uh, in, our, in our nation. Uh, thank you that we can worship you. Father, I, uh, I am so grateful for the unshakable foundation that you've given us in Christ. Uh, may we embrace the pattern you have for us to grow. And even when that means going through hard times, uh, give us courage, give us hope. May we honor you. For Jesus' sake, I pray. Amen. God bless you all. We're dismissed.